You might be wondering, you might be asking yourself, Shy, you just came out of nowhere, you're late for your pod episode, what's going on? Well, let me tell you this. My guest, he's too, he's too famous, right? He's too famous to be on here. I couldn't record his voice. He was gonna copyright sue me. No, I'm just kidding. Basically, we had some difficulty. But um, I kind of wanted to gas him up still because Blase Garcia, also known as Cristiano, also known as Blaze, is someone who I'm very fortunate enough to be friends with. So it is very unfortunate that my recording difficulties led to this episode's format being a little different. Uh, but it's still fire, and it's still gonna broadcast a part of Cristiano's personality. We kind of started our conversation by talking about like rappers and kind of like the music industry because he is pretty cool in the sense that he has gotten the chance to meet Nicki Minaj, Blueface, rappers whom like I would never come across, right? And so it is a little different. And we kind of were talking about, you know, the composition specifically like with gender, you know, like myself. Blase, he's a barb and a stallion, and we both love, you know, all the baddie rappers out there, but also all the other rappers, I guess the male rappers. There was one thing that was on my mind dealing with like growing fame and social media clout um, because not only is Cristiano, you know, he's, he's making music, he's also a content creator. And that's part of how he was able to meet some of these people. One thing about Cristiano is that um, he is also Afro-Latino. And so we talked about like, cultural appropriation in specific terms about like black culture and content creation and how that's kind of like risen or been a little bit more prevalent because of social media and because it's easy to, you know, see something online and then to kind of like take it for yourself. Not to say that we shouldn't be influenced or we can't get creative by like stuff that's already posted online. And this was like a distinction that we both were kind of going through and talking about. It's like, no, we're not saying like you can't participate in this kind of realm, but I've seen many times on TikTok where like specifically with like dance videos, people won't give credit to the original dancer, the original person who made the choreography. And it can be a little frustrating, especially when the dance goes viral and it's like the people who are getting, whose platforms are benefiting the most, they haven't given credit to where they got the idea or where they got the dance in the first place. And so like, that's what we kind of talked about. Not that specific example, but that in, within that realm, we were talking about uh, black hairstyles. I don't know how we got on the, the concept, but we did. We both were like, it's very much weird to see non-black people wearing black protective braids and hairstyles. And I was talking about this in the context of black cultural appropriation because I've seen <laughs> recently, if you know me, you know I've been kind of getting into K-pop. I wouldn't even say kind of, like I am. Yeah. So I'm getting into K-pop and it is very similar to, I feel like, like it, it gives off like kind of blackish, you know what I'm saying? Like some of the vibes, the style, the music, even like looking at them dance. Um, I'm like, oh, like that's like really cool. And like, I'm very interested in that. But like, you know, K-pop groups, I feel like there's been some kind of controversy in the past, um, but like, it's not only them. People sometimes are ignorant to their own biases and ignorant to their own like cognitions and understandings of how they perceive another group. And when you talk about like, not not specifically like taking, well, yeah, I guess it's taking from their culture, right? Taking their practices while simultaneously demeaning their kind of existence or not necessarily being an ally. Cause I mean, I think being an ally is a hundred percent important, but you know, not really like being cognizant of another's lived experience while simultaneously doing things from their culture. Like that's what we're talking about, right? And that's happened many times in, in the most, 
obvious one is like the white hot cheeto girl which is very cringe and it's not necessarily taken from black culture I, I know that there are some hispanic people who talk about that but overall cultural appropriation very cringe but as i said earlier i'm not saying that like any hint of participating in someone else's culture is cultural appropriation that's silly that's stupid right and so because like for instance like i found myself in situations where i'm participating in someone else's you know culture um if they're hosting some kind of like event right uh then yeah and, and it's welcome for all to join and of course i'm going to participate because participation is not appropriation taking from a culture for aesthetic purposes and even doing something like that with ill intent in your heart combined with a lack of understanding of the significance of some of these practices and like that's what's important like you're lacking the cultural significance of what you're even doing and you look kind of ignorant while doing it and so we we talked about that specifically with like black hair you know and black women's hairstyle in particular is a great example of this where you you want to talk about like people getting protective braids and things like that like you know sometimes as a gag joke or sometimes like seriously they think they get dreads because they they like how it looks it's just like it's not meant for your hair while simultaneously in some company practices uh, i feel like there was actually a bill recently passed uh to like stop this but you know like the discrimination or like the dress code or the uh, quote quote unquote unprofessionalism of some black women's hairstyles right so it's like we have to recognize that yes you are wearing this hairstyle but like you're doing it and it's perceived okay but when people of this culture actually participate and do this it's a problem like that's the difference like that's what we have to address what we did talk about was how controversial content is popular. That's why we went on this tangent, or at least that's why I went on this tangent. I asked Cristiano if he creates controversial content, you know, for shares and clicks. I think that people who make, I want to say that people who make a living off that, like you're making a bag and like, that's fine. I think content is content. I think that people are gonna, you know, I, I think it's just part of being social, especially being social on the internet. Someone, people want to be haters nowadays, okay? It's, it's, it's trendy to be a hater. I'm a hater too, okay? And I wear that on my sleeve sometimes. I, and I don't think it's bad because, you know, at the end of the day, people are going to make the content that they think is going to be popular, that they think is, might go viral. Like, we're producing for an audience. And I don't think it necessarily is productive in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't always add like a substantive value in terms of online discourse. It can kind of reduce people to be like simple, right? And one dimensional, uh, which isn't really what we're going for here when we're talking about social cohesion and pro-social behaviors online. Uh, but you know, it's, it's constant. I think that it places an even more important value on smaller content creators who like genuinely are like, like I've, I've seen like some very niche content that's out there. And it's like, that's really cool. Um, and it's like, how do you hype these people up, right? Because what they're doing is still valuable. I think it's more valuable than drama farming, but whatever, whatever. And so uh, Cristiano's response was that he posts some controversial content or some political controversial content. So that inevitably led us to talking about politics because duh, come on you know i gotta talk about politics <laughs> one thing consistent about the florida men that i've met is that they are all unpredictable cristiano fits the stereotype 
we we talked about like presidents and 2024 and president biden and trump on president trump as any good american does cristiano thinks that ron DeSantis discredits a lot of what floridians do and is making the state worse overall to want to live in and i i 100 agree like that's not surprising what was surprising is like talking to a florida native about ron DeSantis. that but like i feel like florida people are very chaotic in in their political beliefs and and so we both abonded and we agreed on like the conditions in florida have really diminished and the overall vibe from the state that like people are getting is that it's not good on the one hand i care a lot about the health of the united states i think it's like very important to reassess and gauge where we're at at a state by state level and like it just seems as though like florida is very unhealthy there, there are a lot of problems, a lot of issues that are coming to the forefront and it just feels like the leadership is lacking in actually addressing these issues uh, from what I found. And so my question then becomes like, when does the federal government step in and intervene and it's like, hey, we're gonna help you out because you're obviously struggling. When does that happen? At what point does that happen? The, like, these are questions that I genuinely want to know. And then, I'm, you know, when we talk about like drastic change in the United States and like things that we're seeing, like, you know, rejecting democratic norms in some instance, nationalism in a weird racist way. You got like senators advocating for white nationalists in the military and the army. It's like, what's going on here? Not even senators, a senator. Trying to control, you know, education in the worst way possible by Take, deliberately taking things out making it very much more limited banning a lot of books you know criminalizing diversity initiatives it's very it's it's giving fascism right and i don't know how to put that in a different way but like that's kind of the vibe that i was getting but we didn't have time to unpack this because i think in the discussion of talking about florida and kind of like the health of florida we kind of transitioned into our pride for like wanting to help others and specifically wanting to do social work i i mean okay i'm not saying i want to do social work right now it's it's demanding the the positions that matter the most arguably matter the most because you're dealing with human to human connection with teaching for instance and really trying to shape the next generation of people the next generation of children i care deeply about that right and so does he and we agreed you know like we should be teaching children these very pro-social you know norms and responsibilities and so when i asked him about his other personality traits he listed off so many different ones and i think they're they're all it's very fitting for him um but because you know he's an overall entertainer He's an entrepreneur, you know, he's confident, but at the exact same time, his confidence in the public eye makes him stand out and he's a comedian as well. And so it's really cool when you can meet someone in this field and it doesn't feel as though you're competing against each other. And if anything, he's very supporting and like very loving. Like he loves to make people laugh and just make people happy. And I think it's so refreshing to know that there are people like that that exist. Not to hype him up too much, but just still hyping him up because I think he deserves the credit to talk with a black man who's so emotionally mature who recognizes the problems with men and you know emotional vulnerability and to be able to engage in this discussion with nuance with a black woman and not want to undermine what she has to say and be open to listening to her and like both have that mutual respect for each other and uh we got to the point where we talked about you know being black while simultaneously having characteristics deemed to be white and how that 
impacts your day-to-day interactions, how that impacts how you perceive yourself. And and we talked about code switching because that's one of the ways we change our presentation in order to be more favorable. How we present ourselves and how we show up is always going to matter because it's always going to feel as though we're, we're carrying the weight of so many others on our shoulders when we show up to spaces. And on that note, we talked about like unproductive infighting and specifically with the measuring of blackness and like the proving of your blackness being something that happens so often in this community is very much weird. Trust me. I know that I'm black. That's that's fact. Like, <laughs> I don't know how else to prove my blackness to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of like the take that I have on it. It can feel a little demeaning. And there are many times where I felt a little taken down a couple notches because you know people were saying like why are you acting white why you act so white and it hurts coming from people that you are close with as well as though like they don't they can't uh recognize like it's it's who you are not a facade you're trying to create or anything like that and so it was just nice to talk with him about that and he had a really good perspective and a really understanding perspective and it kind of led us to talk about our mental health because i loved i love doing mental health checks and I was, again, happy to know that Christian is, a, is a, he's an advocate for men being open and vulnerable about their problems and their emotional issues. And he talked about, like, the relationship that he has with his family and his girlfriend, too. They've been very helpful and influential in allowing him to be emotionally well. And so, in turn, he asked me how I was doing, which was cool. You know, we talked about how being Virgo, sometimes you always want to ask someone how they're doing. Because he's a September Virgo, I'm an August Virgo, if you didn't know. And if we turn a blind eye to our own needs, right, or to people trying to extend us a helping hand. So I really valued the fact that he asked me how I was doing mentally. And I was, you know, I was honest with him. And I was telling him, you know, I think it's when you're on the go all the time or, like, when you feel that way. And most recently, like, up until a couple, like, about this week, I feel like I've been pretty, pretty busy. Um, and it's been like that, you know, for a while now. It's like, you know, it's just like very draining and it can be exhausting. And, you know, I think that's, I think that's life. Like there are going to be draining and exhausting parts and there are going to be parts where you rest. And it's just a matter of when you can rest and a matter of when I have rested uh, that we kind of focused on. And it's something that I'm very aware of. So I ended talking with Cristiano, thanking him. And of course, I would be remiss to not do the exact same thing here. But I will end this episode by sharing, you know, how grateful I am that he took the time out of his busy schedule to meet with me and talk with me in a Discord call amidst my technical difficulties. It was an enlightening conversation. It really is unfortunate that you guys couldn't hear it. We were like two peas in a pod, um, but hopefully there will be a part two in our future, one that involves us reconnecting again in person and being lit, being having fun. So in the meantime, you have to, you know, be sure to stay awesome because like that's kind of important. So 